Hey y'all, happy Wednesday. I could not be more excited to be recording this case right now. I have had the research and script for this episode since last week, and I was going to release it early, but many of you actually told me to wait until today to release it. So here I am, it's 11.27 a.m. on Wednesday, and I'm recording this episode for y'all to be released today. So this case and this episode is probably going to be the best one so far. The case that I'm covering today is just so interesting, so mind-boggling, It's one of those that will get you thinking or will have you thinking for a little bit. Um, We have a voicemail to cover, multiple theories to cover, a very interesting timeline, twisted events that just don't make any sense. So just put on your trench coats, get out your magnifying glass, your notepad, whatever you want to get out your best detective gear and just dive into this case with me. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, I'm your host, Brianna Marie, and this is The Crime Files. Where is Brandon Lawson? Brandon Lawson was an average 26-year-old man who worked as an oil field worker and lived in San Angelo, Texas. He was described as a family man and had four children and a wife named Ladessa Lofton. It was a normal day, August 13, 2013, until it became the day that Brandon was last seen by the human eye. According to records, Brandon and Ladessa had gotten into a heated argument that caused Brandon to leave his home around 11.54 p.m. with intentions of going to his father's house, but almost 45 minutes later, Brandon called his brother Kyle to tell him that he had ran out of gas. Following that call, Brandon called 911 in what seemed a panic state. We don't know why he called 911 necessarily, considering the voicemail is hard to understand and there was no claim or explanation of an emergency. What you can hear in the voicemail is Brandon saying he was, quote, in the middle of a field, and, quote, needed help, and to send a cop. Then you can hear him say, quote, I ran into somebody, end quotes. The call goes on, and it is quite hard to understand what Brandon is saying, and at one point, you can hear another voice answer one of the dispatch's questions. It's very interesting, so I will play the call for y'all now, and you can make your own opinions. There's going to be two plays of the call. The first recording is the regular recording, and the second time it plays, it's the slowed down version. In the slowed down version, you can hear another voice answering one of the dispatcher's questions. And this completely changes the case, and I'll explain why. Nine, two thousand, thirteen, zero, fifty, and thirty-eight seconds. Nine one emergency. 
yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The state was just pushing guys over. Right here going towards that wind on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here. You gotta check the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now, run that by me. One more not talking to him. Alright, so you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? Yeah. No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? Okay, now I'm going to play the slowed down version. sounds like Brandon had run into something he wasn't supposed to. Not necessarily into someone or their car, which is what I think the dispatcher initially thought. I think he ran into a person or persons doing something that was worth calling 911 for. This is a theory that's quite popular, but I will get into more of the theories later. Shortly after Brandon called 911, 911 was called again, but not by Brandon. It was a trucker who called regarding Brandon's abandoned truck on the side of the road, and it didn't look like his car just got into a wreck or hit someone. Meanwhile, Brandon's brother Kyle and his girlfriend Audrey were on their way to bring Brandon a gas can. Kyle and Audrey phoned Ladessa to tell her that Brandon had ran out of gas and needed their gas can. Ladessa said she would leave it on the porch because she was going to shower, then go to bed. The problem was that it wasn't filled with gas, and Kyle's check did not clear in his bank account, so he had no money to fill the gas can, but then figured when he got to Brandon with the gas can, he would drive him to Stripes Convenient Mart and Brandon could pay for the gas, and he would drive him back to his truck and he and Audrey could be on their way back home. Unfortunately, that's not how the rest of Kyle, Audrey, and Ledessa's night played out. Brandon's truck was found on US 227, four and a half miles south 
of Bront, Texas, close to a rest stop and parked hazardously, which prompted the trucker that passed by to call 911. By the time Kyle got to Brandon's car, Brandon was nowhere to be found. There was no visible damage to Brandon's truck, as stated before, and his keys and his cell phone were missing. It is understood, though, that the deputy nor Kyle were aware that Brandon phoned 911 asking for a cop, as well as stating, please hurry, which is mind-boggling to me. You would think that after calling 911, asking for a cop, that one would be sent to you. But the cop that did show up way later had no idea about Brandon's call, but was there due to the trucker's 911 walk saying that the truck was hazardous on the road. So Brandon calls 911. Not a lot of it was understood, but what, what was understood was I ran into someone, I ran into someone, uh, I need a cop and please hurry. So did the dispatcher just be like, mm, okay. And then once Brandon start, stopped answering her questions, she just ended the phone call. Didn't send a cop, didn't think that that phone call was weird at all. But then a trucker calls 911 and is like, oh yeah, this truck on the side of the road in this location is hazardous. And then they sent a cop right away to deal with the truck. That just makes no sense to me. And I'll talk about it more later. But it's just like, it's crazy. Um, so once... Kyle gets there, he starts talking to the deputy, um, and then receives a call from Brandon, in which Brandon's cell was apparently going in and out, and he was hard to understand, um, Brandon claimed that he was, quote, 10 minutes up the road, and he also mentioned that he was bleeding. The phone went dead shortly after. What Kyle thought he heard was, apparently, um, he thought he said, Brandon said that he was in a field. Um, Kyle says he felt that maybe Brandon was hiding in the field due to an outstanding warrant from two years ago that Brandon himself just learned and was going to address in the following week. So Kyle made no mention to the deputy that he was just on the phone with Brandon. Had Kyle, and then Kyle says, had he known Brandon phone 911, he would have never assumed his brother was hiding. Well, was him saying that he was bleeding 10 minutes up the road not enough for you to be like, yeah, maybe I should tell the cop that we need to get in his car and hurry up up the road real quick? Or maybe if, if you're still worried about the warrant, just be like, uh, okay, well, you got it from here, talking to the cop, and then drive your car 10 minutes up the road to see if you can find Brandon right away. Right away. It just doesn't sit right with me. Who hears their brother saying he's bleeding up the road and just doesn't say anything? Um, I tried to find recordings of the phone calls between Brandon and his brother that night, um, but I couldn't find them, um, which is odd, but it's not abnormal, and to my knowledge, the calls were used in court but not released publicly, which I understand. Um, A lot of people believe that Kyle knows more about Brandon's disappearance and that he is keeping it a secret. 
Um, I think it's very plausible, but I also didn't do a ton of research on Kyle, and I don't know him personally. I don't know how he, he reacted to Brandon's disappearance enough to say he had something to do with Brandon disappearing. And, I mean, hey, according to Kyle, had he known Brandon phoned 911, he would have never assumed his brother was hiding. So, there you go. Um, I don't know about y'all, but, um... Going kind of back to the dispatcher, uh, not sending a cop, I, I just, I don't know about y'all, but the urgency in Brandon's voice during the 911 call would have been enough for me to send the police in an ambulance, even though he didn't say he needed one. I mean, talk about carelessness. As a 911 operator, I should be able to tell the difference between a prank call, an emergency, and a situation that only needed one cop. And here's the thing, that operator sent no one to Brandon, even though he asked for a cop, and not to mention the operator was obviously under the impression that he might have hit someone, like a car wreck. So why did they not send anyone? Because if you remember, the cop that did show up was called to remove Brandon's car due to a hazardous position on the road, which is called in by a trucker. Completely different 911 call. Completely different timing. So, it just... The, the call that Brandon made to Kyle, and the fact that Kyle didn't do anything about it, and when Brandon called the 911 operator, and they didn't do anything about it, it's like, he's missing now and like what did they expect like not not about Brandon's whole family but Kyle and the 911 and the 911 operator um so after Brandon had talked or after Kyle had talked to his brother on the phone and the call ended um the police officer did some simple investigating it was confirmed that the gas tank was in fact empty um the deputy then put emergency flashes on locked the truck and proceeded to leave the scene and arrange for a tow in the morning um kyle and his girlfriend left the empty gas can in the bed of the truck thinking if brandon came back he would at least have the can and could retrieve gas and then they began to look for him and then It was the following morning, and there was no sign of Brandon. Kyle's money was now available in his account, so he went back to the truck and filled the can and returned it to the truck. At this point, at at this point now, he started to become concerned and felt that Brandon may not have been hiding and may be in trouble. Like, Brandon telling you specifically that he was bleeding didn't give you enough information. And then, in talking with investigators, he then gave them the full account of Brandon being on the phone at the time the deputy was at his truck. Um, there's no, there's been no activity on Brandon's bank accounts or his cell phone since that time. And, and then an extensive uh, search was conducted by Professional Search and Rescue on October 24th, 2013, around the area of the abandoned truck. Um, Brandon's family doesn't believe that his outstanding felony warrant is connected to his disappearance, and they also believe that he would not have run from the police because of it. He worked in the oil industry at the time of his disappearance. He left behind four children, three with his girlfriend, one from a prior relationship. And although investigators have stated 
There's no evidence of foul play in this case. His family stated it's uncharacteristic of him to leave without warning, and they're afraid for his safety. He is classified as an involuntary missing person, and the case remains unsolved. Alright y'all, I'm gonna get into some theories. Well, there's actually one theory that I pulled from Reddit that I thought was very similar to my theory that I think happened to Brandon. Now, um, none of this is fact. Um, The person that wrote this theory pulled some facts from the case to support their theory, but the whole theory as a whole is not a fact. It has not been proven. I would love to see what y'all think about this theory or if y'all have your own theories. Um, A lot of my listeners, a lot of y'all have my social media. I would love if y'all DM'd me or messaged me and told me what y'all think happened to Brandon Lawson um, or if you agree with this theory. All right, I'm just gonna hop right into the theory. This person says, I think... On that stretch of highway, he stumbled on something he wasn't supposed to see when he came upon another car on the side of the road. I theorize that this other car had the person seeking to harm him inside of it, and at least one other person. I strongly suspect this other person was the initial target of whatever was happening, and Lawson happened to stumble onto whatever was going on. This distracted the perpetrator, giving time for the other person and himself to bolt. As they escaped, other person took a hit from the perp shooting at the two escapees if you look in the google earth view there are light wood slash tall scrubs about 200 to 300 yards from the road i hypothesize that the pair reached the woods and re-emerged into the field on the other side about midway through this field they call the sheriff or 911 lawson tries to relay the story between gasping breaths when they ask for police the other wounded person answered in the affirmative to needing an ambulance If you listen closely to the 911 call, you can hear the beginning of Lawson's answer and this other answer overlap. This is what I was talking about in the slowed down version of the voicemail. You can hear um, Brandon and one other person answer to the dispatcher's question, do you need an ambulance at the same time? Apparently in the call to the brother... Um, so when Brandon called his brother later, he relayed similar information that he was hiding in a field and someone was bleeding. Therefore, the stories would match up. This person said that they're taking a lot of information from his official missing website. Um, he thinks, or they think, the other person answering in the affirmative to needing an ambulance demonstrates definitely that this was not a psychotic break or drug episode. Um, which a lot of people theorize that Brandon was in a psychotic break and was paranoid and just made up all this stuff and just, like, disappeared, which I think it's way more than that. I think that's definitely, like, almost like a cover-up. Like, it's almost easier to be like, oh, yeah, he was in a psychotic break or on drugs. I I just don't think that's the case. And this person's theory, whoever this person um, is agrees additionally his phone was last pinged three miles from the search area i believe that one of the parties 
made it this far from whatever the danger was, and I doubt that the wounded person made it that far. My theory is that the people perpetrating the crime were either serial killers or perhaps human smugglers slash traffickers. The other person involved sounded American. I would guess that this person was a long time runaway or transient who would not be searched for, likely from another area of Texas or even another state. That would be why no additional searches would be launched for a second missing person because they were already reported missing elsewhere or people assumed they had simply left town. They also added that um, they think that the tape, the recording of the voicemail was edited when they released it publicly and there's information being left out, which is likely it's happened before. Um, Another person said that they think this is a, a shorter one very short. They think that it was a serial murder or a cartel killing gone wrong, and Brandon happened to stumble onto the scene as he walked down the highway or when he ran out of gas. I I believe those are very, 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 very probable. That's what I think probably happened. I think Brandon ran out of gas on this road, dirt road in Texas, right next to these woods and next to a field. And there was something that he ran into with multiple persons or, you know, a group maybe even of like, maybe like a smuggling or a kidnapping or a drug, you know, a drug exchange. I don't know, a drug (laughs) drug exchange, a drug deal gone wrong or maybe it was a serial killer just like trying to kill someone and Brandon came across it helped the other person they ran into the field but the person that he saved was like already injured so maybe that person didn't make it or maybe the that perpetrator got them both put them in his car and then you know drove off like I just, I just don't think it was a psychotic break. I don't think it was a drug deal. And another thing to support that it wasn't was the other person in the call answering to the dispatcher asking if they needed an ambulance. If it was a psychotic break, then how are two people in a psychotic break at the same time? It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It definitely doesn't seem fabricated. I mean, Brandon is still missing to this day, so... I don't know. Um, I'm Like I said, I have some theories. I explained in short just now what my theory is, and I would love to hear y'all's. And I really hope you enjoyed this case as much as I have. And it definitely, definitely, definitely makes me think. And I just really hope that y'all enjoyed listening to this case. Um, I'm your host, Brianna Marie, and this is The Crime Files.